Welcome to the Nighthawks Nation podcast. I'm this panel back from, I guess, the first episode that we did. But we have two new folks on the podcast today. So introduce yourselves and tell the world who you are. Alex, go first. Uh, I am, I'm Alex Hanimian. I'm a Ryerson University student, and I am very excited to be a part of the Night Vision Studios. I've already done a couple things. But this podcast, this podcast was great. Yeah. Honestly, I would say the best. Um, so I'm Joe Gill. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a Ryerson student. I am a <laughs> York student and a Seneca student. Um, I'm from the good old Edmonton place. That means you know. I even though I'm a Guelph and Hawks man, Edmonton Stingers are a little bit in my heart <laughs> as well. If we're talking CEBL. Uh, I'm an avid basketball fan. I like all the sports. Um, it's not much for me. I'm, a, I'm another short kink. Me, me, and, me and D, we're <laughs> short kinks in the podcast today, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, that's a, Listen, we're, we're that's all a great sh- segue. We're, we're all short kings when it comes to comparing ourselves to basketball players. So <laughs> they are giants. All I'm saying <laughs> is my rationalization is just regular folk. You know, I'm just not even basketball players. <laughs> Uh, on that note, we have D, <laughs> uh, former in-game host of the Gulf Nighthawks, and now he's an in-game host of the Raptors 905, and here's the episode. You know him, you love him. D, welcome back. <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered. This is full circle. You know, I did the first uh, seven or eight episodes, and now to be on the other side, um, I didn't expect it to turn this quickly, but I, I'm flattered and honored that you guys asked me to come back and uh, talk about myself for a change. That's that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a homecoming event. So, D, let's start off with this. Uh, what are you doing now? What am I doing? Oh my God. What am I not doing? Um, so right now in this present, uh, you know, this month where we are right now, um, I am the in-game host for the 905. Um, so if you don't know the G, uh, G league affiliate to the, the Raptors, obviously, um, in Mississauga at the Paramount fine food center. Um, and then I got a bunch of other stuff. Um, you know, if, if you've tuned into previous episodes, you know that I've, I'm a host for blog to as well. So, um, I'm exploring the GTA and the food scene. Uh, you know, I like to brag about the fact that i get paid uh to eat food which is always nice um and uh yeah i'm just i'm, I'm looking forward to obviously the cbl season we're what two months away now and it's our biggest schedule yet it's 100 games in 69 days and uh i know i'm sure you guys are all excited to, to kick off your inaugural season as well and i'm excited to meet you guys in person finally as well yes yeah, so i think we're all trying to get out of this virtual environment we're all in different locations like the interns and one day we'll come together it's 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 very soon um but on that point d why did you pursue a career in media that is a great question um so it's funny because you know we've 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 had a snippets of this conversation already luckily I've, I've been able to speak to all you um when you guys joined the program um and i told you uh you know i grew up in a house of bollywood right um so i really got enamored with entertainment uh song dance all that sort of stuff and through that i found out that i like um being a personality um not just being a personality but being a personality in front of people and entertaining people and you know as i grew up um you know i emceed and hosted a lot of events 
Um, and I always loved basketball, right? So that was before the Bollywood, right? I, I'd watch the Raptors when they used to wear those dino uniforms with Damon Stoudemire and, you know, Boogie Alvin Williams and, of course, Vince Carter. So um, as you could tell in the if this video ever gets posted, I got my Raptors jersey behind me too, the old school one. Um, so I always loved basketball. And then it just got to a point where I, you know, I meshed the two. I went to school for broadcast journalism, worked at the University of Guelph, uh, you know, through their athletic department. And, you know, after some time, it led me to... To the path that I'm on now. Um, but for me, it's just, I, I love, I love informing people, love educating people, love speaking to people and I love making people happy. And that's uh, why the in-game hosting is so much fun because I love engaging with our fans there at the Paramount Fine Food Center. Long-winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, you know, you spent about the last almost year now with the CEBL, what attracted you towards come joining the CB CEBL. Well, I'm very lucky and blessed that they approached me. Um, and it started with the Nighthawks. Um, you know, I've told this story before where, you know, Shelby approached me, uh, you know, the queen herself approached me and asked me if I wanted to be the in-game host. And I'd never in-game hosted besides um, the University of Guelph. And, you know, with the University of Guelph, it was just if I was available and they needed someone, I kind of just filled in, right? Because I worked with the, the broadcast crew over there at the time. And so Shelby reached out to me. You know, she saw the work that I did for BlogTO. She obviously knew that I liked basketball, um, just running to each other and, I, you know, through word of mouth. And so I was supposed to be an in-game host, but then the pandemic happened and uh, we kind of... You know, pivoted and I became a digital host um, for some of the online content they were doing during that pandemic year. Uh, obviously, no games, no fans, uh, so I couldn't interact. And then my process kind of got fast tracked when the CBL reached out to me the following year and said, "Hey, we want you to be a sideline reporter. Is that something you'd be interested in?" And it, it was a, it was a no brainer. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. When I when I was growing up, much like a lot of people, unfortunately. Um, I didn't take Canadian sports very seriously. Right. Um, I grew up with the NBA, grew up with the international basketball. And that's, that's all I really knew. And when I started covering varsity sports in university, that's when I really was like, Oh my God, these guys are so good. They just don't get the exposure. And so for me, it was really important to get involved with the CBL. And I can tell you in that first season, of the CBL I was like, Oh my God, we've got so much talent in our backyard. And it's so cool that I get to cover it. And then especially this year, and I'm sure you've all seen it. These guys are picking up 10 day contracts. The league's really been on notice. Um, so it's just a great time to get involved with the league. And I'm just really, really lucky that I got to get in last year. Yeah. You, you kind of mentioned it in your answer there, but maybe if you can expand on it a little bit, like what do you think about the growth of basketball in Canada? Because, you know, for the last, for the last how many years it's Canada has been this hockey country. Whereas now we've seen like stars glow in tennis, in soccer, in basketball like what's it been like to be a part of basketball like you said you were a fan going from a smaller sport in Canada to now becoming one of the biggest sports in the country yeah like, like let me tell you when I when I was growing up on my street right it was always kids playing hockey on my on my streets and I had no choice but to to you know pick up a hockey stick put on goalie pads and play with the kids when I knew really that I loved basketball and so now to see kids you know, go out there on the streets and play basketball and have a basketball be the first thing they pick up is really, really cool. And I can tell you, there's a big difference between when I was growing up and what it is now. And, you know, it started with all these guys getting into the league, you know, the Wiggins of the world, shy, all these guys really started to put us on the map. We weren't just putting Canadians in the league, but we we're putting all stars in the league, right? We saw it with Wiggins this year, you know, it's only a matter of time till shy gets there. Obviously Nash being a two-time MVP as well. Um, it, it, they've really started to put us on the map, but now that we have, 
a system in place where you can play professional basketball in Canada. That is so cool. And I don't think people understand how, you know, how much that does um, for the, the, the evolution of the game here in this country, obviously G, uh, commissioner Mike Morial is doing a great job um, recognizing that this is a development league. Like he's already made it clear that, you know, we're not there to compete with the NBA, right. We're trying to get guys to the NBA. And I think that's really important, right. That's that sort of self-awareness. Um, so I think it's, it's really cool. Cause now these kids that are playing at U sports level, the OU way, they know that there's something else besides the league, right. Cause a lot of them will kind of tune out or take themselves out of the conversation or the equation. If, if, if it's not Europe, they're not getting anywhere else right now. It's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta draft a U sports guy. You have to roster these college and university kids. And I, I just think the league is doing just a phenomenal job um, encouraging it. Um, and, and I wanted to ask, cause you did mention the Raptors before, where were you when the Raptors won the championship in 2019? Cause I, I think anyone, at least in the, in the GTA will always remember where they were when they were watching that game. It's so funny because I was able to do a couple of Jurassic Parks for like work the Jurassic Park um, and covering it a couple of times during that championship run. And so there was another opportunity for me to be there. But for me, knowing that there was an opportunity for them to hoist a trophy that night, I wanted to be around a lot of friends that I knew that I watched it with, with several times or I'd been following with um, because I thought that would just be a more memorable experience. And so, I mean, I don't like, I would love to tell you that I had some like really crazy experience, right? I was downtown Toronto when they were, you know, hanging off of street posts and stuff yeah. like that because it looked epic. Uh, but I was just in my, my friend's um, living room and we're watching all together and I'll never forget when the horn went off. Like I, I still, it still had been registered or processed because I'd been following them for so long. And just to see that in my lifetime that they got a championship. It was so cool. Like I just, I literally just got goosebumps thinking about it because it was just such a, a memorable day. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it really was like, again, you touch on fact that Raptors thing was memorable. I wasn't in Toronto at the time. I was over there in the West and over in Edmonton, but it was just celebration across the country. But I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, as a fellow Brown man, I know that we don't have many people in the Canadian media, especially Canadian sports media, but it's become prominent in the last five, 10 years. Obviously, we see Nobel Kareem for, he works for ESPN, now he's on Turner, all, all the way from Canada first. So, you know, did you find it was a difficult choice to pursue a career in media as not many Brown people were prominent in Canadian media? Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought this up because it's something that I think about all the time. And, you know, when I make decisions and, you know, when I even even things that I'll, I'll tweet or I'll post, I always think about, you know, my sort of grassroots and who's watching. Right. Try to, you know, give people that family friendly content. Um, but, you know, when I as I was growing up, um, I had the stereotypical path given to me or, you know, I, I want to say my parents forced upon me, but they really encouraged me to get into sort of the, the medicines. I was, you know, breeding myself to be a pharmacist. Um, I mean, you know, right, like there's all these things that are safe and secure and things that you're supposed to that are, are defined as like careers that you should you should be pursuing. And so, you know, it was it was tough because I knew ultimately what my passions were and what made me happy in life. And, you know, 
eventually I got that message across to my parents and, you know, they encouraged me and they said, Hey, well, you know, give it a, give it a fair shot. Um, and whatever it is you do, make sure you do it with, um, you know, the most, the good, good intentions and, and you give it your, your hardest try. And now to, to kind of get to this level and, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like we're, we're kind of really starting to splash ourselves, uh, you know, on all sorts of different career paths as a Southeast Asian. Um, and it's really cool, especially at, uh, games, um, you know, whether it's CBL games or, or 905 games, I noticed recently, um, that there are, you know, Southeast Asian parents that look at me and there's, there's a twinkle in their eye and then to see the kids and to interact with their kids and, you know, to give those kids sort of hope and, um, you know, the ideas that this is definitely attainable. Um, that's really what's cool about our country, right? We're so diverse in it and it shows in our people and, you know, our television screens and whatnot. And um, it's cool that not only me, but my co-host Selena as well, right? Uh, you know, of uh, Southeast, Asian, Southeast Asian descent as well um, to kind of be there. Cause I, you know, growing up, I never could have imagined that. If she... I, it, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go no, ahead, I'm... sorry. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it's, See, it's you're being Canadians right now. Real I know, point. I know. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say it's, just, it's been a world whirlwind, right? Especially the last like ten years. How many, um, how much diversity has there been in terms of Canadian sports and people into it, and even North American sports and how many people are coming up? And it's a, it's a great growth to see just because it's an, the next step of the evolution of media, really. And just to add to that point, I what I think is important is you know. As, as young people, you know, networking, 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 that's kind of been beat into your brains. And for our community, it's so important because, you know, if you see someone in the field, it, you're more comfortable reaching out to that person. And, you know, I I'll tell any, you know, East Indian kid, you know, any Indian kid, any, any Asian kid, any, any, even white kids, right? Like I've told you all, right. My, I'm just a message away. And um, I just, I, I do like the idea that I can make that bridge easier for Southeast Asian kids. If you had to give them a piece piece of advice, a, a young person trying to get into sport media, what would that piece of advice be? Ooh, there's so many things. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is patience. Um, you know, there's there's a couple there's a couple P's I like to use, right? There's persistence, there's patience. Um, those are two really big ones because if you told me five years ago, you know, that I'd be doing what I was doing, I would never believe you, right? And I think that persistence part is so important because things don't have it happen overnight right where it's so easy to fall into these social media traps where you look at what other people are doing and you're like oh no why am i not there well i think people need to realize that everyone's paths are different right and how you're going to get there is totally different um you know would i have loved to be a disney star at 16 and you know be acting in movies and you know doing all everything at, at a young age so you know i could i could just be doing this for the rest of my life absolutely but that wasn't what uh you know was was written in my cards and um i have no regrets I've I've learned so much along the way in trial tribulations. Like I think Dwayne Wade used to say, you know, fall down nine times, get up 10. And I, I fall by that mentality. Like nobody sees the amount of times I've fallen on my face. And a lot of that is because of the curation of, of social media. Um, but I've, I've, I'll tell you, I've, I've fallen on my face more than I've, I've, you know, stood up and run. And uh, I think that's what I would tell long people, a lot of people, right. I think a lot of people want to come out of school and get their dream job right out of the gate. But unfortunately that is not the case, right. You, you guys, I'm sure you can all, I'll speak to the fact that you know everyone's looking for that four to five years experience and what's cool is you guys are i believe still in school and you're starting to get that four to five years experience and that's what i would encourage people to do i, I think what's important too to 
uh, about the topic of diversity, inclusion, and equity is that if you look at an organization like the Toronto Raptors and Masai Ujiri, they've really diversified their front office and it's helped them in making decisions. So I think that's very important to point out as well is that the more diverse uh, opinions that you have within your organization, most likely the better decisions you will make because of different perspectives. So I just wanted yeah. to point that out in the episode. And sure, Masai and them are doing it great, but let's not forget about it, CBL, right? Uh, my guy yeah, Ansh absolutely. is at the at the top of the ladder doing content and absolutely killing it. I think if anybody talks about the league, they talk about how great the content is, um, you know, obviously bringing me in as well. Um, but the league has done a great job of diversifying as well in terms of their staff and who they bring along and not even just, you know, people of color, but also bringing females into the, the league as well at, at higher positions as well. And uh, the women in our league are absolutely killing it. Um, I think the most important thing is, you know, we're talking about a development league, um, you know, Mike and, and everybody in the league, you know, this is not just a development league for players. This is a development league for coaches. It's a development league for us as, as the media personalities. And you guys are going to see it's a development league for you as well. Um, so it, it goes across the board. I, I just wanted to shift a little bit. I, I had the opportunity to see you in action on Wednesday night. And I, I would say you have a lot of energy and a lot of passion. And my question for you is, <laughs> how do you always have that much energy? Like, how do you keep that up 24 um, seven? That is a great question. I want to tell you it's like Red Bull or something like that, but it's, <laughs> it really isn't like, you'd never believe that I don't drink coffee. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's just the, the, the idea, like, I love that responsibility of, of making sure somebody has a good time and, you know, uh, uh, you know, very much, you know, to, to be sort of that leader for everybody else. Right. Because I think it's very easy to kind of get trapped by someone, you know, being down in the dumps. And I just want to be the one reason that someone is in a good mood. And it, it just, and at the end of the day, it just comes down to my passion, right? Like at the end of the day, I know a, a, there's thousands upon thousands of people that would want to be in my shoes. And I have to remind myself every day that I'm grateful to be here and that, um, you know, my, this opportunity would get taken away from me in an instance. And so it's kind of being at the top of my game, but it's also, I, I'm just surrounded by like-minded individuals. And if you want a piece of advice, I think, I think you guys are probably learning this as well as when you're around like-minded individuals, it totally change, changes your mindset and, and how you approach your day and your life. And, um, you know, to go to Paramount every day and knowing that I'm with a team that is determined to host a good time and have a good time. Uh, it definitely helps, but, um, you know, Mississauga is also a great crowd too. So that, that, that definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, Saga does seem like uh, a great crowd. I haven't had a chance to go to a 9 5 game yet, but fingers crossed. Let's see. I'll you got two more. Summer. You better be there. Yeah, you better be I know. There. <laughs> it's, it sucks that real life, it makes us busy. But um, so as you go through these games, obviously, it's it's a different experience every night, but it's a similar situation every night. So what kind of goes through your mind and your head as you're kind of doing these games? How do you, you know keep on top? Like, how do you be able to just, you know, focus in and just lock in? And yeah. just like kind of what goes through your mind. Yeah. For, so for me, it's like, you know, you get the script, right. And for me, I, I practice and beat that script to a drum and much like my CBL games when I'm doing sideline reporting. Um, but for me, it's, it's, I always remind myself, you know, I think we get into a habit of comparing ourselves to others and you know, what I, 
you know, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? I think about all those things, but I always remind myself, there's a reason somebody hired me in this position, right? And it's not to change, you know, who that is. And so it's, it's kind of just going in that mentality that, you know, people are expecting a good time and I, I need to meet those expectations, right? People are spending their hard earned dollars to be at that game. And so I want them to get the most bang for their buck. And so that's kind of the mentality I go in with it. And, you know, I know, I know ultimately people hired me because of my energy, much like Alex said, right? And so I don't want to shortchange people of that experience. It's, you know, putting all my BS aside and, you know, we all have our stuff at life, but, you know, I try to leave that at home. And when I enter that arena, you know, whether it's, um, you know, the Sleeman Center, you know, whether it's um, the Paramount's Fine Food Center, wherever it may be, um, it's making sure that I'm professional and, and, and there for what reasons I've been brought there for. Do you do anything D, in terms of your lifestyle to kind of create that energy or that positive, you know, energy? Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's like a secret formula to be honest with you. Um, I'm just, I'm always a half glass full guy. And I, I know that's kind of tough, especially kind of in the world that we're in. Um, um, but uh, you know, I don't like the negativity. I, I don't, I like, I'm a big believer in, you know, you know, what kind of energy you bring to a room and kind of, kind of energy you're entering to, um, you know, I've got a great circle of people in my life as well. So, you know, I think communication is very, very key. Um, you know, talking to people, listening to people. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's just building those good habits. Right. Um, but I'm a very, very optimistic guy. So I think that definitely helps. Especially the media industry, man, you need optimism. You know, every every time you may get rejected from an offer, or every time that you might have a bad take, right? It's the next day it's gonna be better. The next the next offer will be yes, right? That optimism you need because it's a tough industry we live in. You know? Yeah, like, and let me tell you, you know, one thing I've learned with um, blog TO is there's a lot of cyber pulling out there and you just can't feed into it. Right. Unfortunately, you're not going to make everyone happy at the end of the day. Everybody wants an opinion and I mean, they're entitled to it. That's why it's social media is out there. It's just you just can't feed into it. Right. I, again, it's it's you, you've been hired for that position. You've been asked to do that position for a reason. So you just got to go out and do it and just not kind of fall into those traps. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Earlier on, you touched on, you know, your digital host for CDBL last year. And now that you've done in-game hosting for the 905, uh, what are your expectations to, you know, comparing, you know, your hosting 905 to, you know, your role coming in CDBL season, the first one that we're going to have fans in, the first one that is really kind of the, like, your first one really into it, you know, because, you know, it, we're living in a world that's opening up again. Yeah, I think it was a blessing in disguise that I got to do my first sideline gig without fans because I'm like a dog with a squirrel. Like it distracted so easily. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure that'll happen in Guelph being in my hometown and everything. Right. That's one thing I'm definitely nervous about. Um, but it's interesting because both roles are very, very different. Right. Um, you know, where the the in-game hosting is is more I don't want to say lackadaisical, but you know, I get to, I, I, I got the freedom. I got a lot more freedom to do what I want to do. Right. And um, I get a point and shout as, as you've probably seen from my photos um, uh, on socials. Uh, but with the, with the CBL, I really got to hunker down. I got to do my homework, right. I've got to read. I've got to, I've, I've really, I've really got to pay more attention to detail when it comes to CBL. And I'm just, I'm just excited because now, you know, we're going to enter a season with full capacity. Um, the energy is going to, be rocking in those arenas like i cannot wait to see the sleeman Center packed with basketball fans uh it was so cool you know i went to go cover a hockey event the other nights there and it was just so cool to see the, the um 
the uh, what are they called? The like not stanchions, but the thing that was holding the buildings, the poles. They were wrapped in basketball and CBL players. And you know, growing up for me was always storm players, was always hockey players. So to start slowly start that uh, see that building branded with basketball is kind of just a surreal moment to me because I never imagined professional basketball in Guelph. Um, so I'm I'm just excited about the challenge that lies ahead. Um, we're gonna have a lot of eyes on us this year, and so it's just it's you know maintaining the integrity of the league and uh, keeping up the hype because I really feel like people are really, really going to start to pay attention to us. Is there something you're looking forward to most for this upcoming season with the CBL or with Guelph or whichever team? (laughs) You're trying to get me in trouble here and be a little biased, eh? (laughs) Well, Listen, you guys have some really exciting announcements coming up, which I'm stoked about. Um, the outlook of the team is is really, really good. And obviously a huge shout out to Cam uh, and everyone behind the scenes for, for you know, being determined to put a good quality of product of, of basketball on the floor as well. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the three expansion teams, Montreal, Scarborough and, and Newfoundland. Like that's, that's crazy um, that we're, we're really stretching. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Commissioner Mike Morial the other day, and I think it was my second episode on the Guelph Nighthawks po- podcast. Wow, full circle. I asked him, I asked him about expansion and his, said his goal was 15 teams by 2025. I think he's going to get there well before 2025, which is really, really cool. And it just speaks to um, the commitment of, of the league uh, uh, in expanding and, and, you know, getting more eyes on, on, on our product as well. So I'm looking forward to expansion, obviously a lot more games to cover and, I just looking forward to a really competitive league, right? Every team is determined to do really well, right? Nobody's sitting on their hands. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully, you know, guys like Xavier and Lindell and Kat, these guys back because, you know, they've really invested themselves in this league and they play really good basketball. And there's a reason a lot, all of them got, you know, 10 day contracts at the highest level. Um, you know, selfishly, you know, I was, was worried that one of them would get signed because I'm like, Oh, I want to really see them back. Right. And, for me this year, it's really getting to know the players, right? I was really trying to get my feet wet in that first season, trying to make a good impression. But now I'm really looking forward to establishing relationships with all of them and learning more about them off the court. That's a great podcast episode, by the way. Um, if you are listening or watching, that interview is fantastic. So I, I, I would recommend. Yeah, and I and I hate to plug this, but with the BCLA is coming up. Uh, I had another conversation with him, and we talked about uh, specific cities. So if you're curious about what cities could get uh, a CBL team, he definitely dropped some city names in there. Oh, that's a great tease. Yeah, <laughs> that's my job. That's Perfect. my job. <laughs> Perfect. Um, D, speaking about podcasts, you have a podcast. So how's it going with that? And what are the lessons that uh, you were learning from doing it? Well, thanks for talking about that. I never get to talk about my podcast, um, but it's really cool. It's uh, it's with my, my my good buddy, James, who is a former Yates Cup champion. If you don't know what that is, um, you know, uh, in the OUA, when um, the Ontario Division Championship, um, you know, beating their bitter rivals, Western. So that was, uh, it's nice to have him because he gives me great perspective. Uh, he loves sports behind the scenes. Obviously, we like to talk football, but, you know, right now, obviously, we're into basketball. Um, but for me, you know, I started this podcast about oh, five, six years ago. And for me, I did it because I wanted reps speaking because I wasn't given an opportunity, you know, you know, having a job or whatever. I think at the time I was bartending. And so I'm like, I need to I need to take some initiative and I need to get some reps um, 
conversing, researching, all that sort of stuff. So for me, it just became a passion project. And for me to, you know, sharpen my skills. And over time, you know, we've uh, established not a large following, but a small following. And it's cool, you know, for people to follow up and say, you know, that talk that that take was a little hot, you know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you, but that's the reason we do it, right? To kind of kind of create that dialogue. And uh, for me to have some different perspectives. So I'm just really appreciative of, of James for sticking out with me as long as he has, um, because it, it's really just helped me become who I am now. And and hearing, it's, it's, it's prepared me for, you know, uh, interviews like right. this one. <laughs> right. And it, like hearing yourself speak, D, like that's what I realized when I'm doing podcasts or presentations is, and you're hearing yourself talk. <laughs> Nobody likes hearing themselves. And so it's, yeah. it's a good way to start and be like, okay, I better get used to this. <laughs> right. Right. I know it's great. The having reps is so important. And you touched on like, you struggle the parts having reps. So one of the, one of the things I realized, one of the challenges that maybe I'm facing or a lot of people are facing is that a lot of things you're learning in school is maybe not up to date as what the real world is, like what the media world is, right? And everything's evolving and everything is it's constantly changing. So, you know, how do you, and you're a man that is cultured, has all the social medias, posts, everything is up to date, is constantly, it seems like constantly learning new skills. How are you able to stay up to date, especially, you know, when you're not even in school anymore, you're not constantly on learning a lot of these things and you're still able to keep on track of the trends, still able to really connect with your audience in a lot of different ways that new media is all about. I, you know what? I think it's curiosity. Like, I think I'm constantly curious. And so as I'm curious, I learn about it. Um, you know, I, I it's tough because, you know, social media can be a blessing and a curse. But for me, I've used it as a blessing in terms of keeping myself up to date on everything, right? You know, being up to date on the trends, you know, what people are talking about, you know, what's cool, what's not cool, um, you know, what gets canceled, what doesn't get canceled, all that sort of stuff. You, you know, you got to think about those things, right? Um, but I think it's what's great about it is it's just give me so much perspective. And I think that's really, really important. So it's, you know, constantly, you know, keeping myself up to date and, and just, I think once you lose the curiosity, you kind of lose the passion, right? If you're not curious about what you're doing, and if you're not curious about learning more, then, then I mean, maybe you need to find something new. So for me, it's just the constant, like wanting to be the best at, at, at what I'm doing. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, it doesn't just apply to sports, like just being competitive is, is really important because um, there's always going to be somebody beneath you that's hungrier. I, you know, I often tell people, you know, there's, there's people that are way more talented than I am, right? There's people that speak better than I am, than I do. Maybe they interview better, better than I do. But I think the X factor and what makes me different is I want it more than they do. And that's, that's, that's what kind of sets me apart from a lot of people. Right. Yeah. That's an important thing to have. Go ahead, Alex. hundred percent. Um, I feel like it, cause it's a basketball podcast. It would be wrong of me not to ask two very important questions. I'm scared that now. I've been thinking. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. I'm going to this. I'll start with this one. Who is the goat of basketball? Ah, God, I hate this conversation <laughs> so <trying> much. <laughs> now you're trying to get me canceled. That's what you're trying to do. Um, Stirring the pot. I'm ready to clip this right now. Post it on all the socials. <laughs> so for me, and I again, I think this comes down to era, but it's Michael Jordan. 
but it's not to take away anything that LeBron James do. You know, I just, I, you know, it's funny. And this is just, this actually will go back to what, uh, you know, Garjo was just, uh, was just asking me, but I just watched an interview with doc rivers and he said the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron is Michael Jordan. We didn't expect him to be that great. Whereas LeBron, we put so much pressure on him, right? We threw him on top uh, on, on the cover of an SI magazine. We called him the chosen one. We've been falling through high school. He grew up in the social media era and he's never misstepped in that entire time, right? With, with scandals and everything you could do wrong in today's era, there's so many opportunities to slip up, right? And I think if you were to pinpoint one thing he did wrong, it's probably the decision. And really, was it that bad that he did it? I, I like in hindsight, no, right? Comparison to what he could do. So I think that's where the difference is, right? I think what makes Le- LeBron the greatest of all time is the longevity of his career and how he's been able to sustain the success for the, the lot amount of time. But when it comes to a stone cold killer and a guy that you don't want the, the ball in his hands in the final minutes of a basketball game, it's Michael Jordan. Cause like he instilled fear in. In, in all the players on the other side of the court. And I think that's what makes him the greatest of all time. But like, again, I, I know I'm being, being very political right now. I can make a case for LeBron too, because he's, <laughs> his body of work has just been incredible. Fair. I just wanted to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, yeah. My, sec- my throat's all dry now. <laughs> like, I'm nervous. This, this, this second one, I'll give credit to Kyle, who is a, another intern with the Nighthawks. Uh, if you had to create a starting five, who would you, oh, who would be your starting wow. five? I've never been asked this question. This is great. Um, I'm sweating and I'm not going to ask the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go Magic Johnson at the one. I'm going Michael Jordan at the two. I'm going LeBron at the three. Oh, this is where it gets tough. There's so many good big men. Uh, Cream at the five. And who's my four guys? Uh, the best power forward ever. Timmy D? You might got up a Timmy D there. You could, a KG is a good point there. You might even want to shift LeBron down and maybe play some small ball. They put Kobe Bean at the three. Yeah, well, it's like we're playing small ball now. That's another thing that we got to talk <laughs> yeah, about, right? Because right, then, yeah, then I, yeah. can, I can move, I can move LeBron to the four, right? And I could have, I could have Steph at the two and Michael at the three. I don't know. There's a the endless pot. Let's go, Timmy D. I, I want to put some respect okay. on his name. We'll, we'll, we'll focus in on a little bit of defense, even though I, I like all and the things. fundamentals. <laughs> and the fundamentals, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's, right. Yeah. <laughs> I give you, you props know, to answer those questions, man. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, man. I know that was crazy. It was- I, I had to put you on the spot. I feel like it'd be unfair if I didn't put you on the spot a little bit. When you're interviewing those players, you better be asking the same question because that's not fair. <laughs> I, will, I will. I will. You know, what I kept hearing throughout that, you know, like that music. Da, na, 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 na. Like I kept the hearing Jeopardy, that music. Jeopardy, Jeopardy music. music. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was. That's intense. your social clip right there. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, anything else, guys, that you would like to ask? I mean, man. Alex did a great job of hammering in the uh, hammering in the, the type of questions, but you know, why not? Let's keep it current. You know, this season's a tumultuous season in the NBA. I know damn well that you've been keeping track of all the stats, keeping track of everything going on. So what's your pick for this year? Who's making the finals? Who's winning? And let's, and let's say everybody's healthy just because vaccine mandates and all that stuff still are taking effect in the NBA. But let's just say they get lifted. Every team's healthy, full strength, who you got and why. 
So if we're talking full strength, everyone is healthy. Um, I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I just think they're proven. And a lot of this hinges on Brooke Lopez, right? We haven't seen Brooke Lopez yet. Obviously, back injury pretty serious. You know, Draymond, Draymond is obviously experiencing as well. Um, but I think the championship pedigree and the fact that, like, Giannis can still turn it up another notch, even though he's having an MVP-like season. Um, I, I, if, I, if I'm a betting man, that's probably where I'm putting my money. And then I really like the Suns as a close second because when Chris Paul is, is clicking that, team's just hard to beat hopefully chris paul gets back in time what are your expectations for the raptors this season obviously they've had such a roller coaster this season Kobe hit them hard now they're on a roll so what are you saying they're gonna they're gonna do any damage in the playoffs first round exits what's, what's the deal I like I I the East is crazy. Like that first round matchups of uh, of East matchups. Like even the play in game is gonna be crazy because I think like last night the the Pacers was pl- they're playing the um I don't know those got OKC or something and like you got shy you got Tyrese Halliburton like games are always good. Um the Raptors are like like they're just a team you don't want to. In the first round, right? Like it's it comes down to Nick Nurse, right? The the mind of Nick Nurse and his ability to come up with his defensive strategies and kind of you know put you in a cage match always makes it a tough, um, tough going. What's what's interesting about the Raptors right now? They're in a they're in a position where Scotty Barnes is flourishing offensively, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that OG is out. And so it's like, at what point do you decide to give Scotty Barnes the keys and say, hey, like just go at it, right? But he's also a rookie, so that's really tough. And then you got guys like you know. Pascal and Van Fleet and even you know Gary Trent Jr. has just been fantastic in the games that you know he's been able to give the full keys and so it's like it's like a blessing that like we we have we have so many good people but it's also like like a curse because it's like who do you go to that night so I think it's just managing roles and figuring out who's going to kind of be your guys but you know I I think it's a good problem at the end of the day like this is a team that's going to compete and you know this is a team that you kind of kind of ride your hide out ride your hat on no matter who they play so it's exciting it's that the playoffs are all going to be matchups right whoever you match up with right like if you tell me the nets are going to get the heat or the bucks in the first round because right now they're sitting at eight they're they're not happy about that and there's there's potential that one of those teams get upset by brooklyn as well so uh it's all going to come down to matchups and what favors each team you get to watch a, a little bit at least of the raptors 905 you're at least around them um who 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 should we look out for um, so in terms of the regulars, it's, it's probably Reggie Perry, right? He's on the roster the most, and he's probably the most consistent guy. And there's Isaac Bongo as well, but he's kind of on the two-way deal. Obviously, anytime Delano comes down um, and him and Champagne are just such a, um, you know, spark plug for the team. I think the thing I'm excited about the playoffs is I imagine the Raptors 905 and the Raptors will probably send down all the best guys. And, you know, when you put all of our best guys from that 90, uh, from that Raptors team down to the 905, we're, we're, as strong as they get right there were, were there's a reason we're number one in the east for those that are not listening all the more reason to come to a game because they're a lot of fun but alex you're so lucky because that was Spee's first game right to, to yeah. play down and he dropped 40 he had seven threes those those Incredible. last couple of threes he hit were stupid it would just pull up threes like he wasn't even thinking about it and like we've had you to come down for a game as well and he had to stand out game as well so at full strength there are a lot of funds, but you know, I do want to give credit to sort of the OGs and the guys that have been holding it down. And, you know um, you know, even David Johnson, you know, Jody Meeks, the vets uh, has had a couple of big moments in, in games as well. Uh, it, it's a fun team because you don't know who's going to be the guy that night. And I think that's, what's so great about it. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I like it's, you talk about like, it's a fun team. You don't know what's going to happen. I find that very similar with, you know, if you go to a CEBL game, you know, why not plug in our boys at the Gulf Nighthawks? You yeah. come to a Nighthawks game, 
we have we have great players, and you never know who's going to be the guy that night. You know, if we if we take a dub, and obviously we it was a disappointing season last season, but a new season, new Nighthawks, and we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, and I mean the Nighthawks got plagued by a lot of injuries, right? Um, you know, Justin was obviously a big signing. We we're all looking forward to him, and then unfortunately, you know, he ran into some injuries, and then he eventually left uh, for Lakeland. Um, Ahmed's great, Cat's great. Like, there's just so many guys, and you didn't know who was going who's going to be, right? Um, so I, that's what it's, excites me about the Nighthawks is very much that effect, and I think it helps when you have a guy like Cat Barber who's looking to set up other guys, um, because he's trying to put guys in position to be to be great as well. So. Um, um, yeah, I, I, you know, GM, uh, Cam, Kush has done a great job and, uh, you guys are so lucky. You guys are going to have some great basketball to watch in Guelph. Oh, we, D, hope. we can't, we hope so. We hope. Yeah. D, we can't thank you enough for doing this. You, you've been so generous with your time and the insights that you provided us, uh, obviously on the podcast and before we, we can't thank you enough. Thank you for, for doing this. And the person that started the podcast for the Nighthawks has become a master. So that's what I find fascinating about this. So you're that means your time's next, eh? So get ready. Your, your number will all be called at some point. <laughs> it's all about that good energy. But no, th- thanks for having me. Again, this is super cool because I, you know, when I told you um, when I got invited, I looked back at the podcast. I'm like, oh, who am I following up? And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm the first case. So, yes. Yeah, so that's that's really, really, really cool. And um, you guys are all stand up guys and your entire team is, uh, you know, a great group of of, uh, of individuals and basketball fanatics and i'm excited to see what comes out of all of you yeah, yeah thank awesome. you thank, thank you. you man i feel energized already man it's like <laughs> you know i i would love talking to you six in the morning man you'd be out of bed doing a marathon honestly Let- the irony is i'm not a morning person so i'm the last person you want to talk to in the morning <laughs> <laughs> but thank you thanks for it man it's been great i'm I'm ready for a workout after this i'm not i'm not joking (laughs) no guys i no i really really do appreciate it and uh, again i'm always a message away it was it was really cool to see you alex out there yeah um you know after speaking to you and i I imagine you know for both you um your opportunities are gonna come too and i'm sure i'll see you at a post uh post interview scrum at some time at the sleeman center Oh, I, I think that's I think for sure you're definitely gonna see us. You might have to annoy you a little bit. I know you're being locked in. <laughs> you're, but you're never you're never annoying me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. All right, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the Thanks. weekend, guys, and uh you know, good luck with that workout if you actually end up going. <laughs> I'm gonna call I you on your post right now. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.